0: I look at podcasting as it's the deepest connection that I have with my audience. Hey everyone, I'm Emily Reagan and you've discovered Unicorns Unite.
1: This is a podcast for freelancers, service providers, virtual assistants, and curious listeners who would like to experience the freedom and flexibility of working virtually we are the magic makers, movers and shakers, and the real people doing the work behind the scenes of online businesses. Welcome to Unicorns Unite. Okay, let's just take a moment here. It's impossible to get referrals without putting yourself out there all the time. It's really difficult to have a community when you're doing the work by yourself. It's also hard to stay up to date when you're just one person, and digital marketing trends, platforms, technology, and strategies change all of the time. And it's no fun having to do lead generation for your business when you'd rather be doing billable hours. So I have a solution for you. Come join my digital marketing work group. It's a tight community of freelancers, virtual assistants, digital marketing specialists, who are all up-leveling in their skills, getting advanced trainings, applying for my job ops, and becoming digital marketing specialists and managers and strategists. This is an online referral community for both skilled and -and up-and-coming digital marketing service pros and virtual assistants. We've shared over 800 jobs with our community. We'd love to have you too. If you need client work, if you need a squad behind you, if you need help raising your prices, promoting yourself to the next level, this is the place to be. You can apply for the work group with the link in the show notes. We'd love to have you. Back to the show. Hey, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Emily Reagan. I'm so happy to have you here. If you're new to me, nice to meet you. And if you're returning, welcome back. I'm so excited you're here because you caught us in the middle of a content marketing series. The last couple episodes, we've been talking about different types of content marketing so you can help your clients. So you can go in strong and confident, learn what's working, and learn how to do the work behind the scenes. Now, this is just the tip of the iceberg because I teach marketing foundations and I teach marketing strategies inside the Unicorn Digital Marketing Assistant School. And I really gathered this course together because there was nothing else like it. I was training my own team to help my clients with the content marketing. I was helping with blogging, podcasting, social media with different clients, and I needed people who understood how to do the work, understood how to optimize for different algorithms, but also got the strategy behind it. So if you missed the earlier episodes, we just talked with Melissa Mitchell about YouTube and her strategy. We talked with Sophia Vega about creating content strategies. Brenda Cadman about Canva organization, and Melissa Harstein about customer insights and research. If you haven't listened yet, episode 158 is about how to become a content manager. This is what I've done for years. I've helped clients behind the scenes grow, nurture and sell to their audience. Now it's funny because one of my first services that I offered, I've talked about this here on the show, was creating this press kit, something I'd already done in real life. But the other thing I did for my first retainer client was help pitch them for podcast. Podcasting was pretty new. I was looking for episodes for them to get on and create more brand awareness about what they were doing, especially within their local market. So that was really fun. That was my first taste of podcasting. And now here I am, you're listening to my very own podcast. The funny story is I used to not want to have one. Well, you guys know me. I don't want to be like everyone else. I'm a little bit of a trailblazer. I'm a little bit anti-establishment. And I just didn't want to do a podcast just because that's what everyone said to do. Long story short, I was doing a Facebook Live every week anyway, and it just made sense. It made sense to repurpose my content on a different platform where it was audio only. And this is why it made sense, because podcasting for me has been very network building, but as my audience grows, it's been very relationship building. My guest today is Crystal Prophet, and she's going to talk about how this is the deepest, most intimate conversations you can have with your audience. And so if your client's thinking about podcasting, this episode is really going to help you push them in the right direction and get a good start. Because listen, it is hard. There have been plenty of episodes that I didn't want to show up for, that I was tired or I recorded at night or I was out of ideas. And I knew from my experience in working with my previous podcasting clients that it was a long haul and it was a big commitment. And I see a lot of people start things and they're unable to keep at it. They're unable to stay consistent. And that's one thing that Crystal is going to talk about today. Tips for smoothing that out and making sure that the engine is working and the podcast is being cranked out. So I was actually working with Jennifer Allwood, my big client that I allude to a lot, and she wanted to launch a podcast. And we had hired somebody to work with us to help edit it, but we still needed someone to manage it, somebody to do all the graphics, the blog articles, the SEO, and help with the promotion. And that was me, the podcast manager. Now, I took everything I've learned in that experience, plus with a couple other clients that I've helped, and I've put it in my podcast manager training, which is inside the work group. So if you are a freelancer, if you're offering marketing services and your business is set up, you need to go apply for that stat. For $47, you can join our membership when it reopens in June, and you can dig into that training and learn lots of other marketing strategies and techie tactics, plus get jobs. We're posting jobs for podcast help all the time over there. I think the hardest thing about managing my previous clients was just keeping them on a schedule because it does require sitting down, having a strategy, having content ready. In some cases, I was scripting out episodes for her, preparing interview questions for her guests. It was really fun. The journalist in me loved it. I can remember doing Amy Porterfield's episode with her and just completely nerding out. I can think back of when we had James on the show, James Wedmore, and Nicole Walters, and Rachel Hollis before she got really big. It was really fun being behind the scenes, and I get a lot of joy out of hitting publish and putting content into the world. And if that's you, you're in the right place place you're listening to the right podcast. I want to help you behind the scenes. If you've started, awesome. If you're just getting started and you're more curious, just know that this could be a niche for you. First, you need to learn marketing before you start doing this. So Crystal here today We have been friends for a while. We've been plotting this episode for a while now. Let me read you her bio. She's a content strategist, coach, and host of the award-winning show, The Profit Podcast. She specializes in helping content creators create with confidence. She teaches content strategy, repurposing, branding, marketing through her podcast, her digital courses, and her YouTube channel dedicated to content creation. She appears as a content expert on other YouTube channels such as Buzzsprout and StreamYard. She also has a best-selling Amazon book, Start a Binge-Worthy Podcast. It's a great place for you to start. She's spoken about content creation on several major stages, including a Ramsey Solutions influencer event, podcast movement, She Podcast, Podfest Global, so many. And she's been a guest on many including mine. Ta-da, here she is. She's going to share four lessons she learned from recording more than a thousand podcast episodes. And this is going to be so relatable and it's going to help you not feel crazy when you're trying to manage your own clients in this realm. So let's jump into the episode with Crystal. Crystal. <laughs> Hey, Crystal. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you here talking about podcasting as a content marketing strategy. And a lot of our unicorns are doing podcasting, helping their clients with podcasts. So this will be such a good topic in our content series. First, tell everyone hello, a little bit about you, where you're from, what life is like.
0: Yes. Oh my gosh. This is so fun. Thank you, Emily, for having me. This is a long time coming for us to do this. Like We've been in each other's worlds. I feel like for at least three or four years now. Yes. And so it's so awesome to kind of watch your journey and all the incredible things that you're doing to support your community. So thank you so much for having me. I love the idea of unicorns. And so I wanna kind of tie everything back that we talk about today, cause y'all are magical people. Like y'all literally make so many things happen behind the scenes. So shout out to all the unicorns out there because you make the digital marketing space so much more fun. And I mean, let's just be honest, you know, not just like we know as business owners, but you know that the whole online space could not exist without incredible people who know their stuff and can really help people just take their creative ideas to the next level. So I just want to say, like on behalf of the industry, (laughs) thank you so much. Because I mean, I have so, you know, my experience is I was a stay at home mom back in the day. I had a corporate job. And I had the opportunity to stay at home with our kids. And I said, sure, why not? And I thought I'm going to be the best stay-at-home mom there ever was. And... Fun fact, <laughs> I am not the pioneer woman. I am not Reed Drummond. I tried real hard, real, real hard. But in that journey, I figured out that I really enjoyed writing and I stumbled into blogging and I'm a terrible blogger. This is what I tell everybody, <laughs> it's not a secret. Okay, I, there's a reason why we're here to talk about podcasting <laughs> and not blogging today because my superpower, my unicorn power is I can talk. And I can teach and I can use the power of story to help other people create their podcast message with confidence. And so that's how we are even having this conversation today. And again, Emily, just thank you so much for having me because I'm excited to go in whichever direction that we can take this magical conversation.
1: Yes. I did not know
0: you tried the whole stay-at-home mom thing too. Oh, yeah. How many kids do you have? I have three, so I have three boys. They're actually, when we're recording this, it's my oldest son's 14th birthday. So I'm a 14 year old, then almost a 12 year old and a seven year old. So it was really in those early stages of like, well, my kids are too young. So they're not all in school, but daycare is too expensive. I mean, at one point we were paying, we lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for a little while. And I mean, we were paying like $1,900 a month. It was more than our rent. We were paying $1,900 a month for childcare oh whenever we were both working. And so I look at that and I think, why don't I just stay at home with them? Like I'm literally working to pay for childcare. Why don't I just stay at home? And that's what I did for a while. Oh, what did you do in the corporate world? I don't know if I know that story either. Oh gosh, well it has nothing to do with anything that I do today. So my dad, like here, we're just, you're getting all the behind the scenes here, Emily. <laughs> I don't know that I've really shared this too much, but my dad is a plumber. Okay, I come from like straight up like salt of the earth parents, and they were always in sales, and my dad's always did plumbing for a long time. And so whenever I got out of college. I found this temp job doing admin work at a job site for a construction company. And I was like, this is fine. Like, I know this world, I can do this. And I did this for about a month. And then I actually was hired on as an accounting clerk. So I did accounting clerk, I was a project accountant for a general contractor. And I did that for about three and a half years. So oh yeah, my gosh. nothing. I love, <laughs> I love
1: hearing those stories when they're so different than what you do now. But it's oh, 50s. 100% skills are transferable and we yeah. we can keep evolving and, you know, going after a passion, what we really
0: want 100%. to learn. So how fun.
1: Yes. Oh my goodness.
0: So how did you get into podcasting? Uh, well, I always say, so I was on this journey of kind of self-discovery where I was like, okay, I like journaling and I like writing and I tried blogging, but I was like, this is still not it. But my blogging mentor at the time started a podcast and I was like, oh, well, she can do it. Then I can do it. Like it was that first kind of visual of, you know, I don't know if you have anybody like this, Emily, where you're like, she's only a few steps ahead of me. She's not decades ahead of me. Cause there's a lot of people out there that we look up to there are mentors, but you're like, yeah, but they've been in this for 20 years. Like it's gonna take (laughs) me a lifetime to build this thing that they have this Mm -hmm. empire. But when she was only about five or 10 years ahead of me, I thought maybe I could do this, too. So I started my podcast and (laughs) it didn't go great but what i will say is everything still lives there today like i still have all of my original content from that podcast you can still go listen to it today i never took it down i rebranded but i never changed anything so i cringe when i tell people that because i'm like you can still go i really don't want you to go listen to it (laughs) but i also know that it's helpful if you go listen to it because i don't sound the same today but I mean it's just I started that in 2018 so here we are 5 years later and it's a very very different podcasting conversation today but yeah that's how I got started. Oh my
1: gosh but that's kind of like the Instagram feeds where some people choose they keep all their old stuff because it's yep. our growth and yep. I think that's more relatable we're all like you said, evolving. It's so funny because we were living we were military we were stationed in South Georgia in 2015 and one of my military spouse friends Aaron kooky personality, super smart. I was like, I'm gonna start a podcast. And I can remember thinking, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> yeah. Exactly. But yet, I, but yet I was like watching her. I was like intrigued by this. I never felt like for me, writing has always been my strength. The journalism girl, mm-hmm. although I did do broadcasts, that's like a whole nother topic, but writing always came natural to me. So I don't know if I told you this story, but in my business as it started to evolve. I was very proud. Okay, never say never. I always eat my own words. I called my Facebook live show the anti-podcast. I was like very proud, (laughs) very like stupid proud. I'm like, I'm never going to do a podcast. And then look at me, look at us here.
0: (laughs) And here we are today. (laughs) Yeah. What changed for me
1: though was I'd worked for some big clients on their podcast. I was their Mm -hmm. podcast manager. I saw the power of what I did for their business, which is what yeah. I hope you can talk about a little bit today. And I thought, for sure. I want to be in the game. I'm going to play the game. I'm already making this content. Let's be strategic about it. Let's put it out in the world. And those judgy thoughts I had for my military spouse friend, like I take them all back.
0: Yes. (laughs) Yes. I have redacted those. And here (laughs) we are today.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Just like when I said kids would never eat in the car, right? All those, like I never. Oh,
0: gosh. Yeah. The first child versus the third one for me personally is very, very different. Let me tell you. Mm, rules Rules change. We all evolve.
1: (laughs) They get away with so much. Okay, yes. so what we wanted to talk about today with you is the lessons you've learned recording a podcast. You have recorded more than a thousand yes. episodes since that first one. I'm really curious because even as your yeah. friend, we're in several groups today. I'm still like, how many podcasts does Crystal have? Like, yeah, like, <laughs> I'm just like, like blown You're away. You're like, by wait, money. what? Yeah, <laughs> yes. And you have a book. You have a star yeah. binge-worthy podcast book on Amazon as a bestseller. I'm like, this is your niche. So fill yes. it. Tell us like why we should be podcasting and just know that some of my audience, they're already doing a little bit of this work and some people right. are digitally curious. Like they're coming into it. And I want them to see the possibilities of work for them too.
0: Yeah. Well, what's really cool about talking to your audience specifically is I don't often get to talk to people who are hosting shows and also people who are strictly behind the scenes so i know that we're going to have a mix of both in this audience and i think that that's fun because i'm a process nerd so (laughs) come and join like let's sit around the campfire with our hot coffees and talk about this together because this is so much fun because the process of podcasting is a thousand times easier whenever you have a strategic plan behind it. So I know everybody listening to this, like, you know, Emily preaches about systems and plans and processes because that's what you default to, right? Like, you don't just walk through your business and say, Oh, I hope today things just kind of all work. Like, I know that you are making sure. Like, where's the template for that? Like, how can we make this easier? How can we make this smoother for all the parties involved? And so to answer your question about my podcast, so I have two shows currently today and the reason why, because people are like, wait, Crystal, you've, let's, let's do the quick math here. You've only been podcasting for five years. How do you have a 1,000 episodes? And so what I did is I have my main show, The Profit Podcast. We actually just hit over 400. We hit our 400th episode recently, which is so incredible. That one for a while, I was publishing twice a week. Okay. And now currently, it's just once a week but I have my other show. This is my more niche, like, I love that someone explained this to me. They're like, it's kind of like the Instagram story for a podcast because it's five minutes or less. It's called The Potty Report, (laughs) P-O-D-D-Y. And you have to look this up because just for the graphic design alone, I had a good friend of mine. I said, you're gonna think I'm crazy. This goes back to my plumbing roots, okay? My dad's a (laughs) plumber, all the things. If you look closely and you have to blow up the image, there's a woman with a ponytail sitting on the toilet looking at her phone. It's literally the logo for this podcast.
1: I <laughs> see so- that now, <laughs> like from far away. I'm like, is that a
0: dog with a giant tail? But no. You can't see it unless you like blow up the image. But that's what it's kind of meant to be it's kind of meant to be this like super casual like daily dose of hey what's going on in the podcasting space what's going on in the digital world and that's what it is it's very broad across the spectrum of it could be about podcasting one day it could be about youtube it could be about you know i know you've had a lot of speakers recently come in and talk about all these different content topics and i just It's kind of my creative playground, because what I will tell you, whether you're a podcaster or you're helping someone with a podcast, you hit these stagnant points where you're like, I don't know what to do. Should I do more like interviews? Should we do more solo shows? Should I go to twice a week? Should I go to once a Mm -hmm. week? Like there's always this constant evolution in podcasting and i never liked having that pressure for my main show and so in 2020 like so many other things that changed that year i said i'm gonna start this daily podcast and i was really doing it if i'm being super honest because let's just let's just throw it all out on the table i listened to gary vaynerchuk and gary v at that point was like The speakers, the home speakers, the Amazon Alexas, the Google, Hey Googles, all those are going to be the next best thing. And so you need to know how to create short form content so people can listen on their home speakers. So I thought, all right, sweet. Five minutes or less. I'm going to do it. I don't even know what happened to that initial concept. I don't even know where smart speaker players <laughs> like I don't even know what they're doing today. But for me, I still have this daily podcast that has over. I want to say we're at like 806 episodes at this point. So that's where the large amount of podcast comes into play. And so if there's any lesson in there that I really want you to take away is you have to find the fun no matter what you are doing, because whether it's any kind of content, You have to figure out a way that will keep you wanting to show up because you're going to have days. You're going to have days where you're like, I really don't want to record. I'm sure, Emily, you've had days where you're like, oh, like I really don't want to record today. And I really don't want to do this. And I really don't want to do that. But you have to have that fun piece that keeps you kind of moving forward. Yeah. And I think for me,
1: sometimes that's these interviews here with my friends. I get to know people. I don't have to be the center of attention or come up with things really smart. And so I do a mix of solo episodes and I'm starting to do series. And that's fun for me because if I do anything repetitive, I get so bored. It's just the personality. I have to sprinkle in something new. I got to be a trailblazer and I have to try something new. So I'm glad you said that because I've seen that with my podcast clients in the past. It just becomes like, this hamster on the content wheel. And they, they do get sick of it. And then they start ah. like dragging their feet and getting you things really late. And it just becomes this stressful thing. So yes, guys, I wrote that down. You have to find the fun. Yes. Got to find the fun for sure. Which podcast <laughs> do you like the most?
0: Oh, you can't. That's like picking <laughs> your favorite child, Emily. You can't do that. You can't do that. Okay. So this is a great question though, because I had gotten this several times and it's the same as with your children, right? It's like you love each one of them for their different personality quirks and traits mm-hmm. and everything. So what I do love is the profit podcast. That's my like SEO heavy, strategic, like I'm doing this to get this show out in front of people. It's lead generating, there's revenue generating, like I will have guests come on that I know, okay, I'm gonna put this affiliate link in there. All of that strategy is really tied to my weekly podcast. So that's why I love that show, but I also love The Daily Show because it has none of that. There's no rules, there's no editing. I literally hit record and I hit stop And I publish it. There's no music. There's no intro, outro. There's none of it. I hit record. I do them a lot of the times on my phone. Like, I mean, the quality, there's no expectation. None of it. I recorded. This was so funny because I was going out on a limb and doing this. I was at my parents' house. My parents have some property. They have some chickens and apparently several roosters because I was recording. (laughs) And then all of a sudden there's this like, and I had three or four people reach out to me that week and say i mean when you say that you record like you literally record everywhere and you don't like it doesn't bother you i said well it's not that i don't care it's that i want to show you that you don't have to have this level of expectation where everything has to be studio perfection and it has to be this otherwise you can't put it out there because that's what really holds so many people back and i want to lead by example and give them that permission that if you only have 20 minutes while your son's in the orthodontist and you're in your minivan because this has been me several times (laughs) and you got to get something recorded then that's when you do it that's when you make it happen Oh my gosh, I love that cuz
1: I know too many business owner friends. I've seen this with clients. They get stuck on that that need to be perfect with it, mm-hmm. you know, especially when we're comparing ourselves to podcasters who started, you know, at the beginning of time. But oh my gosh, yes. I love that. And I know that I'm that's kind of part of my brand too. So, I actually end my podcast with bloopers. Yes. And I think a lot of people are unaware. And one time I had somebody write in and say, you cut off at the end. And it was me going, what the? And then it cut off. (laughs) And I'm like, oh, my God, you were the first person who ever said anything. I don't think people realize they were bloopers. But, you know, it's just me showing that, I don't know, I'm human too, relatable.
0: Exactly. A hundred percent. Oh, my gosh. So do you have anyone helping you with your podcast? Is it just you? it's just me it's just me and there's a few reason why because i get well first of all let's just let's call out the people that are not qualified that always email you about hey i can do podcast editing i can do video editing and i'm like is there a place that we can put a, a spam filter on specifically for those <laughs> like the youtube I'm people on. Are the worst oh it's now- like it's shorts it's video editing it's podcast editing it's all the people i mean I'm going to continue to encourage product builders and product like SaaS products, but I'm sorry, I don't want to be the very first person to ever try your product. Like, Come to me when you have, because I get these all the time. It's like, we have this new, very new thing. And I'm like, I don't care unless it actually works. So come to me later when that happens. But what happened for me is, I actually started meeting other people that were podcast coaches, podcast experts. For those of you just listening, I have massive air quotes around those. (laughs) And they were saying, you know, well, this is what I do. This is, you know, I would meet people at podcast conferences and they would go into their whole sales pitch around what they were doing. And I was like, oh, what's your podcast? They're like, oh, no, no, no. I don't have a podcast. I don't edit my own stuff. I have a team of people that do that. And I said, that's great, but you just told me, you teach people how to edit, but your editor is the one doing it and you're not doing it. And they said, well, I don't need to be, like, they were hiring someone on Fiverr, teaching them to do it, but then they would say, yeah, but my guy on Fiverr, he did it the wrong. And I'm like, no, 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 it's not that person's fault. Like, you're the one setting the expectation, that you're doing all of these things. And so it's just it's really awkward and weird. So I do all of my editing because I want people to know. It doesn't matter like how much like into your journey, like you should always know how to do the thing. Even if you're going to outsource it, you need to know how to do it. Because what I find is people will come to me disgruntled from someone that they hired off Fiverr, which I know is not your audience. I know it's a very (laughs) high quality unicorn level of magnificence because what i see is people are like well i just look for the cheapest editor and i'm like "Mm, red flag number one keep talking keep talking and they said well then there was somebody that wasn't able to like they didn't really understand my software they used something else so i switched to this software which i didn't really know so i've just heard so many nightmare stories about it but Mm. i personally still edit all of my stuff And you're not really supposed to say this but i'm going to i really enjoy it i enjoy it because i don't do the highly complex editing i don't do all like the really fancy ducking and compressions and leveling i chose to buy software that does that for me and then i have contracted people to help me in other areas where It's not my strong suit, like editing, video editing. I actually enjoy that creative process. Graphics, graphic design, (laughs) I don't enjoy that. I'm not great at that. And I will outsource that in a heartbeat. So those of you listening, if you're like, hey, Crystal, you got any? Go ahead. Send me an email, please. Let's chat if you have great experience of doing all this, because that is this crap that I could just care less about doing. But when it comes to editing, I still I have a stronghold in it. Mostly because there's always changes in the industry and I want to be able to speak to those very clearly on how I'm implementing them or trying them to my audience. So
1: we are the same girl because I'm very (laughs) very adamant about that with my own business. I'm very proud that I do the marketing work. I might not do all of it. I did drop a couple retainer clients last year and so I'm down to one. And I'll still do project work, but I got to know. Like, I got to be yeah. in there and witnessing it. And that just makes me a, a, a practitioner. So yeah, are not a- 100%. the coach who doesn't know. Or like, it's it's okay mm. to hire an agency as long as we're upfront about it. Like, we're subcontracting yeah. this out. Or My podcast editor right now, Haley Ann, she is um, one of Emily's editors. But Emily taught her her style. Yeah, it's all good. It's all good. She was very, like, forthright with it. But I was just laughing at the disgruntled fiverr comments because we see that all the time. Someone was in my DMs complaining in a group we're in together about their marketing VA. Well, it turns out she Mm -hmm. was through an agency. She was paying her $12 an hour and I'm just like, come on.
0: Just the red flags. And it's so funny because I know that you know this business so well, like, you know, doing freelance work and hiring people for Mm -hmm. like specific like container jobs like it's start and end or maybe it has like you know this is going to be a three month long process or whatever that looks like but (laughs) i can see the red flags like as soon as someone comes to me and they tell me about three things that they have like their beefs with their editors or people they hired and i'm like one is usually price that's number one (laughs) the second one is usually like oh i found them through this thing and i kind of had this weird feeling but i thought i'm going to try them People, please trust your instincts. Trust your instincts when it comes to working with people. I actually worked with someone a few years ago and I had this feeling that I ignored. I was like, they feel a little green to me. I don't really, I think that they may be way too early in their journey to test out some of these things. But I went with, I was like, oh, the kindness of my heart. I wanna give them an opportunity and all these things. It was a big mistake. It was a big mistake because I was green as well and didn't know There are some elements to your point, Emily, that I should always keep doing. I yes. shouldn't outsource my strategy and I shouldn't outsource my marketing if I don't even know who the heck I'm trying to talk to anyway. So there's definitely mistakes along my journey that I have seen. But man, those red flags, they come real fast when you start hearing people's stories over and over again about their bad experiences. Oh
1: my gosh, I'm glad you shared that. And I hope anyone listening just uses that as a story of empowerment for them. Because I I say this all the time. If you have a good work ethic, you follow through. If you're open and honest, yep. you're a leg up. You are a leg up. Yes,
0: 100%. So let's get back to
1: some of your lessons you've learned recording those 1,000 episodes. Also, we can make the DMAs listening here, bring it back to their clients, bring it back to their workflow because it's so helpful. And I love that tip about um, making it fun. But you also said something about strategy that perked my ears up that I was hoping maybe you could talk a little bit about that too. Because I've seen this where people like my friend who just started, there was no point to her podcast yeah it's expensive and then we see the pod fade where people give up like they're just chasing the shiny objects i've had a lot of clients start youtube channels that way and never follow through so what is like a good i don't know what are some of the podcasting strategies that we can bring back to our clients so we make sure they're they're doing the right thing
0: okay so we have three hours right like we have three <laughs> hours for me to give you all three, of them okay okay we're gonna we're gonna like really condense this into yeah. like a quick masterclass on strategy because this is one of my favorite topics and to your point emily it's not often thought about people are like well so and so has a podcast and they have a successful business i should start a podcast number one okay let's start at the top if you don't like speaking to yourself when you're in a room by yourself, it's going to be awkward. And it's awkward for everybody. It's not to say that you can't move past that, but I have people come to me that say, there's no way I could ever absolutely do this. And I say, awesome. Podcasting is not for you then, because that's what And Emily, I'm sure you have stories that you can attest to. It's like, it's so awkward. And it's really weird when you have this background of being a great speaker, But then all of a sudden you hit record and you're like wait what am i supposed to say am i supposed to sound excited and really upbeat and like all fun and everything or should i be more serious and be like very methodical and teaching because i'm a serious person and i want people to take me seriously so it's super awkward like i just want you to embrace that right now and you can also help your clients with that too now i know there's a lot of people listening that maybe you don't currently have a lot of podcast production skills, but I can offer to you, if you're in a Zoom room with your client while they're recording, you can learn so much just listening to what they're saying when they're recording. And you can be the one that's jotting down notes where you say, oh, you know what? It would be great to go back to where Emily mentioned about her new workshop coming up. We're totally making this up, by the way. I don't know mm-hmm. if you have a new workshop no, coming I up. I don't. But <laughs> maybe she could drop an ad in here, like in this right. part where we're saying this cute
1: <laughs> but- mid roll ad right now. Hey, I'm going to stop right there and interrupt you. If you are listening to this podcast and you are thinking, yes, I want clients that will value me. I want to be involved in writing projects and marketing projects. If you are a marketing freelancer or marketing assistant, I'd love to have you in the work group. Our enrollment window is open right now for a short time. So get your applications in. This is a community where we have job leads networking advanced trainings and the community and the support and referrals you need to hit your business goals we'd love to have you use the link in the show notes to apply or go to emilyreaganpr.com workgroup all right back to the show
0: that's the strategy piece that i'm talking about like just being part of the process where you say you know what you mentioned kajabi and we're an affiliate for kajabi so we should record an ad that says hey we love kajabi around here if you want to go try it out go to blah 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 url and this is where you can check it out try it for free okay let's get back into the episode so there's little things like that where you can actually bring other elements of your business into it because people focus so much about downloads and I cannot tell you like scream from the rooftops. Downloads are not everything. They are a lot of things to a lot of people that have them. Okay, but don't wait until you have 1000s of listeners and millions of downloads to believe that you can monetize your show because I'm here to tell you that that is not the case. I have done some incredible affiliate marketing campaigns on my podcast. I've done, you know, other things for my programs and services. I've actually created programs and services specifically from feedback that people, my audience, have told me, I want more of this. So with that strategy, I always want you to be thinking about what areas of the business can we also incorporate this in here? And another strategy is just constant lead generation how can you get people from the podcast to take that next step with you that could look like just following you on instagram it could look like going to your website and downloading a freebie it could look like joining your facebook group so they have these different interactions with you if you're trying to really get engagement with your audience there's so many different ways that you could take it but at the end of the day you must have that clear call to action in your episode have at least one and the one that most people usually default to still today which is perfectly fine is follow or subscribe to the show wherever you're listening i mean it's pretty you know it's not super aggressive and it's really easy and will actually help you grow your show but always 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 have a strategic call to action and put that as like part of your planning template like if you have a google doc or you're using a sauna or whatever project management tool that you're using to have your templates put at the very bottom, what is the CTA for this episode? And that should be in every single one. So there's a few different strategies that you can try, but those are the ones that I just wanted to throw out Uh because I want to talk about it more, but I'm like, oh, all no, no.
1: I think I think that was perfect, and I think just thinking ahead, getting clients to think ahead about what's coming up, and giving yeah. people always, whenever we concede, you know, we're kind of always in pre-launch anyway. That is something yes. my clients didn't do a couple years ago when I was managing, you know, their podcast, and it just would have been so helpful if there was just a little bit of more intention behind that. And I think a lot of people think, oh, I'm going to have this podcast and. HoneyBook is going to sponsor it and I'm going to make up some money. Yeah. And Saul, a few years ago, is that barely covered the editor's cost, you know, for some of those sponsorships. It can depend on the episodes, but there's also that too, that that could happen. Someone could pay for media placements. I'm seeing more of that happening, more of the podcast networks doing that. I hear different takes and I would just love like as your friend to ask you, because I'm tracking, I'm tracking where everyone's coming from. I'm trying to use UTM links like crazy. And I constantly hear people say, well, podcast doesn't grow your audience. It's more like Mm. a nurturing vehicle. But yet I look at my Facebook group and I look and I see people like it's just snowballing. It has taken a while. That's for sure. But I'm seeing new leads coming from there. So I just wonder what
0: your angle was on that. Oh my gosh. So I look at podcasting as It's the deepest connection that I have with my audience. And I'm sure that you could think to, you know, Emily and anybody listening, the most listened to podcast that you have on your phone right now, I bet you feel this deep connection to them that you would never feel if you just followed them on Instagram or you were just on their email list because What happens is, especially as content becomes shorter and shorter and shorter, I mean, everything is like, if you can't do it 15 seconds or less, what are you (laughs) even doing with your life, right? And I'm just, I will turn on podcasts. Like I listen to ones that are up to an hour and a half, two hours long, and it's in those conversations that I feel like I'm learning about this person's dog. I'm learning about like their favorite meals. Like they share all of these things that you would never get in some of these other intimate settings of how you can consume content. And so I love looking at it from that perspective is yeah, it's a constant nurture. It is definitely not a, I'm gonna start a podcast and make a million dollars the next day. it is absolutely not that and it's not easy to grow it is a very big challenge to grow a podcast but i promise you your podcast listeners that audience is so much deeper connected to you than other areas of social media following if they're following a thousand other people just like you that's great they're a follower but are they actually listening to what you're saying. Are they engaging? Are they clicking? Are they commenting? Are they doing all these things that we're constantly trying to get people to do? But you know, the podcast listenership, its I can't even remember what the stat is as of lately, but whenever I started, I remember they were saying that people would only watch so much of a YouTube video, right? Your watch time, you mm-hmm. put out a 12 minute video and maybe people would consume about two minutes of it on average, yeah. whereas with a podcast, they're consuming up to 85.90% of your 30 to 60 minute episode. So people are willing to listen to it if you're adding value and you're constantly giving them something that's like, I'm going to come back for more next week. Like, who's Emily going to talk to next time? What kind of crazy bloopers is she going to put at the end of her episodes? I want to tune in.
1: That's why they're missing the bloopers because they're only listening (laughs) to 85. They hear the outro and they're like, done. I'm like, no, stick around. (laughs) There's more surprises. I love Easter eggs. So one thing I learned with my client, if I could get her to plan ahead, was like, how can we make them more bingeable? Which is why we're in a series right now, because it creates excitement. And you think about when Netflix comes out and you can't wait to watch them all, like Succession right now is killing me. It's like, yeah. I have to tune in every Sunday night. What is this? Like 1997? And so I'm trying to do that more and whenever I can get my clients to kind of tease what's coming up, like I, I find mm-hmm. like, that working, but is there anything else that you can do
0: to create that like momentum with the podcast? Well, I just want to say, since we're talking about shows, I oh. literally, I don't know when this is going to go live, but when we're recording this, I just binged the whole episodes of Firefly Lane. Like uh-huh. the last ones on Netflix just came out and I binged them all in a weekend, like oh shoot true confession but to your point it was like what's the next one what's the next one what's it was just such a good cliffhanger and I'm like oh damn it I'm in marketing and I know I just fell for this thing and then I don't have to watch it it's (laughs) over I need to go do something else with my life but I just couldn't help it it was so good and so when I think about how can we create binge-worthy content it's constantly thinking about who is your audience and where are they right now because what i have found is people that are trying to you know i'm sure you've covered this several times emily but having a niche approach right like what's your niche like who are you talking to and really honing in on the value that you can add to that particular audience where i find that the kind of binging breaks up is when they start talking about these random things because they're like i should try this and it's something that's like oh we typically talk about digital marketing but i, I want to share about underwater basket weaving because it's one of my things i don't really do that by the way it's just <laughs> i love saying it it's always fun to say underwater basket weaving yeah. but it's just one of those things that's like what like i don't listen to emily for that why No, I'm just gonna skip that episode. And if you have too many of those episodes in a row where you're testing things and trying things, that's where you have a tendency to lose listeners. So you kind of have to be on the pulse of, to your point of planning, like what are they expecting and how can you kind of not meet all of those expectations because you'll never meet everybody's anyway, but how can you kind of take them on a journey from one episode to the next? And how can you be proactively thinking that way when you're planning episodes? So I know that you've had people in this series talk about YouTube, and they've talked about Canva and other different elements that are really important to content creation. Well, what you could do, this is like so meta. I'm telling you, like how to how you can do it while we're in it. right? Right. This is what we do. But I just always love thinking about how can you tie this all together for the audience, like what makes the most sense, like maybe you should listen to it in this order, like start with this episode, then go to that one. And we set these up to be listened to in a specific order because everything builds on the next. So always be asking like, what is the journey? What is really the big takeaway that I want someone to listen or to have from listening to the podcast? So does that answer your question?
1: Yeah, I love it. And I think it is really going to help us with those shiny object chasing, squirrel chasing clients that get these ideas but we can kind of rein them back in and keep them like on the right track with their current audience.
0: Yeah. And I think about people that have a ton of ideas because I'm sure there's a lot of people that work with people that have a ton of ideas. Always have like a spreadsheet that's your brain dump. It's not your calendar. I never think that your calendar should be The brain dump and like oh we're gonna try this and then move everything around i think you should have a place where you can dump your creative ideas and then Mm -hmm. once a month or once a quarter whenever you're doing your planning you say okay here's our list of 50 wild ideas and 50 crazy ones and maybe like three that are super strategic let's kind of have a grab bag and say, "ooh, that one sounds fun." So I'm going to talk about that one. And then have one that's just strategic, and then have another one that's going to build the community, and then maybe another one that's going to introduce a new expert to your audience. So have almost like a theme around what you can do with the different ideas that you're having, but also tell your clients, okay? I'm I'm giving all permission. Like be bossy with your people yes, and say, love- "Hey, we're done. Like these are the creative ideas. Like once these are locked and loaded, that goes away and you no longer like, I think about like smacking a child's hand, like get your hand out of the grab bag. Okay. It is the Scrabble tiles are not available for you to pick any. It's not your turn. You get them again next month. Okay. Don't even (laughs) touch them right now.
1: Oh my God. I got such a good visual for that. I like that. Like the grab bag of creative ideas for our, for our crazy creative clients, our visionaries.
0: Yes. Visionaries that love to, because I, I get it. I have to do this for myself. And I say, look, this is it. You can't touch this anymore. I slap my own hand away because I want to do that. I want to say, oh, Chat gpt is hot right now. We don't have an episode about that. What can we talk about? We got to put it in there. And then it's like, okay, hang on. If you're going to add something, you have to take something away. And if mm-hmm. you've already decided that this is strategic, that's fine. What can we move to like an evergreen a strategy or something that we can mention later. So super important. Have those boundaries.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So one thing I struggle with as a podcaster, and it's kind of my own personal flaw, my Achilles heel is my calendar. It is being locked into a routine. It's knowing what's coming ahead, like thinking ahead and making sure like orthodontist appointments and random, you know, whatever's going to come my way. And part of it, I think is just I've been taught to be this like as a military spouse because I'm the default parent, right? Like shit always happens. So I know that consistency is a big with podcasting, like hitting your deadlines, making sure the editor has it, whatever your contract says. And there's ways to streamline some of those processes Mm -hmm. so they go faster. Is there any good tip you have in that department?
0: a hundred percent so I know that we've talked several times and I don't know if everybody that's listening to this right now is a parent but I can speak from the idea of being a parent of three small children I don't have control of all the calendars like we have summer coming up soon and it's like okay what camps are happening when and who's doing what and we're going on vacation and we're going to go visit this person and do that so I always look at my calendar in seasons, even though I don't have seasons of my podcast. It's literally like season one episode, whatever. But what I will do is when I'm planning is I say, okay, the season of my life, what is going on? And if I look and I have, okay, I'm going to be out of town for two weeks. I'm going to be traveling or the kids are going to be doing this. And I'm going to be, my husband has something else going on. I say, we have to manage the expectations of what we can actually do. And a lot of people will say, well, this is why we just batch everything. And that works great for some teams. Some teams can have that capacity to batch a whole bunch of stuff and plan a whole bunch of stuff and record and do all that. And they're like, boom, we only do podcasting once a month, one day a month. And that's all the podcasting all (laughs) of us do. And I'm like, good for you. That's not how things work around here. So I always manage expectations where I'll say, okay, in the summer, I have a lot of crap going on, I'm going to do shorter episodes. And I'm not going to do as many interviews. And I'm going to change the cadence to where I'm doing five solo episodes in a row, because I know I can batch five solo episodes and not screw with interviews. Like I don't even do interviews in the summer, because I don't want to mess with it. And I just pick them back up when school starts back and I have a more regular schedule and I am not trying to record when I'm on the road or I'm at somebody else's house. So that's what works for me as I'll look at the quarters of the year and say, what's the season of life. Then I break it down by month and say, maybe the month of May is going to be a little crazy because we actually have a bunch of birthdays in May and school is ending and all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, why are we making this so hard on ourselves let's change the expectation to where it's going to be easier because then you're more likely to stay consistent what i find people do they get in that rigid like no but these are the rules like this is what i said this is the yeah. only thing that we can't do anything outside of this bubble of rules that we've set and i'm <laughs> like who told you that because you're yeah. Full of it. They're absolutely full of it. You are the podcaster. You make the rules. You get to decide what happens when. So I hope that that was a permission slip to anybody that's been like struggling with being consistent or just making any changes to their show. You can do it anytime you want.
1: Yeah, put on the bossy pants, wrangle up your clients. There's a reason I give this marketing plan to my work group members and my UDMA school members is you have to sit down and plan this out and know their promotions coming with your client because when they start having a team, you can't just like crank out the solo episode like Crystal can do like in the morning (sighs) and during swim team, right? But yeah, when other people get involved, they have to plan. And I love that. And I will tell you, I always do trimesters. Because my summer, I mean, let's let's yeah. count it. By the time you add in all the school stuff, it's like summer is like a big chunk of time. And just in transparency, yeah. it is May 1st today. It is May Day. And this podcast is planned. We'll see what happens. But it it's planned. It's pretty solid to go out. June 20th so around Father's Day and there's a reason because my May is insane and then the kids yeah. get out and I'm going to the Kitavi conference are you by the way I don't know if I've
0: asked I'm not going to be able to go no I think I think I'm going to be able to go to Craft and Commerce in Boise, though. I think that I'm going to make that. So that's convert kits conference. So. Okay.
1: I have my eye on that one. I'm trying to get my friend to hook me up, like speaking there too, but I don't know what's oh. going to happen, but I have my eye on that one. So yeah, I mean, I think it, it sucks, but it kind of comes down to planning and awareness like you're talking yes. about. So tell me, how you, how is your business set up right now? Can you help our clients with their podcast?
0: The way that I really help people is first with their podcast like this is what i believe should be maybe not the core of your business but it should be the core way like we said earlier that we structure and nurture that strategy piece of creating those deeper connections with your audience so i would love for everybody listening to come hang out with me over on the profit podcast if you love emily's show and how freaking relatable and incredible she is here, then, I mean, Emily, we got to get you on the profit podcast. Like we need to have that we conversation. About it. <laughs> I know it's like, we need to make it happen. It's, it's not gotta happening happen. in
1: May. It's not. <laughs> yes. It's
0: not happening in May. That's fine. We'll, we'll both like figure out our schedules and make that happen. But again, we're going to work with what's works best for us, but I would love for you to come hang out, listen to the podcast. And then I teach people how to do everything like soup to nuts. Like I had a course back in the day that was very basic it was very beginner and then i mean this is kind of a first world problem like good problem to have those people came back to me and said can you show us how to do ads now can you show us how to grow can you show us how to be a better interviewer be a better guest and i said okay well crap i gotta go back and fix my course so i actually when this episode airs i will have just relaunched my course profit podcasting which i'm super excited about and it has a coaching component on the back end where i can walk you through this is the exact strategy that i use i have workflows templates everything in there and like emily said earlier i have a book called start a Bingeworthy podcast so if you just want to know like what is this chick all about and what does she teach like that's the best place to start it's so fun i love that book i did the audio version of that book yeah and let me tell you even as a podcaster recording an audiobook is very very different because you can't just be like oh and by the way you know there's ducks walking outside my house right now let me tell you about it it's like no you gotta you gotta read it you gotta focus and do it so we'll have to have another conversation about that because audible that's a monster.
1: <laughs> I have, there is so much more I want to get into with you,
0: especially when it yes. comes
1: to like podcast promotion. I have all the questions, but we've got to them. end it here. I'm going to encourage everyone to go listen to Crystal's podcast. But I had a couple ideas for a lightning round on the go fly. What app do you use to listen to your podcast?
0: So I use Good Pods. I don't oh. use Apple Podcasts. Yeah, so Good Pods is a smaller app and it's been out for a few years now i love it because it's set up like a social platform so if you like look at good po- and you can actually look at it on your desktop now you don't it's not just a phone or a phone app you can go check it out and you can actually see all of the podcasts i listen to so you can literally see like oh crystal listens i listen to SmartList today i love the okay. SmartList podcast and you can see everything that i've ever listened to i can put a rating on there. You can see all my ratings of what I, I'll put comments on there, and it's oh, really really awesome. fun. So that that's what I use. Think like Goodreads for books, and I, that's exactly what it I is. Love that's, it's yeah. yeah. Okay, what's your favorite non-business podcast? Oh, so I love Office Ladies because I love The Office. It is the one that if, I mean, Jenna, Angela, if you're listening, I want to come on your show and talk about. They actually, I'm such a nerd, Emily. I did a listener submitted question and they read my question on the podcast and I thought I was going to (laughs) die. It was so incredible.
1: Yeah. yeah. What a fun way to make the podcast interactive. I think that's my frustrating frustration with podcasts, which goes back to my whole anti-podcast story. I just wanted it like a little bit more conversational. And I know as the listener, I'm like, ah, I want to join in. I want to talk. I want to give my feedback. So maybe
0: I have some tools for you. I have a tool for you, though. I'm sure you've heard of like SpeakPipe. I don't know mm-hmm. if you've ever heard of that. Yeah. That yeah. one, it's great. But I have one that's called podinbox.com. Okay. And I'll have to send you a link to it because people can submit a video or an audio file. And it's, I put them on my show all the time and it's oh, super fun. Kind of like-
1: video ask so. or
0: something cool. Yeah. yeah. That would be fun to bring in that
1: component. Okay. If you were to start your third podcast over any Uh-oh. non-business
0: topic, what kind of pioneer woman podcast would you start? <laughs> I mean, this is a constant in my house. Like my kids run away from me when I say, oh, I have a, like, I'm trying to forcefully get my kids. You know people are like, oh, you should start a YouTube channel. I'm trying to get my kids to start a podcast. I told my son he's a sneakerhead, so I was like, "You should start one about shoes and why you love shoes." And, why, and he was like, "No, mom, I don't care about doing that." But I want to start one that's called "Stuff About Texas." We're trademarking that, so if you hear this, don't don't steal that name it's gone. <laughs> because people are always when they move here, they're like, oh, "Like, what do I need to know?" And I'm like, "We're kind of like a different country here when it comes to our weird crap that we do, like." I have a friend that moved here from wisconsin and she's like why do you do this and why do you do that and i'm like i need to start a podcast about it so that's what it would be
1: uh, you <laughs> totally should oh my god what part of texas are you in again i know i've asked you this
0: so i currently live in houston but i lived everywhere my husband is from west texas i'm from east texas i mean ever we've lived everywhere so that's why i think we also have a fun spin on it because we've we've been everywhere in texas yeah. and we have a few different perspectives so yeah, yeah. it'll be fun
1: regions are very, very different.
0: Yes, for oh sure. God. For sure. Well,
1: yeah, my parents are in Austin, but it's just far enough away where I'll, I'll miss you later this month. Yes. You yes. Know? Okay. This was so fun. I encourage everyone to go follow Crystal. Send your clients Crystal's way to learn podcasting. Any parting words when it comes to podcasting, Crystal?
0: yeah okay we talked about the four lessons learned real fast and i actually have the list in front of me and i just want to read them off real fast because we didn't get to them but they're super like they're gonna make sense to everybody because of how we set this up number one keep it simple get fancy later that's what you gotta do number two the secrets are consistency and momentum number three you have to make it fun we already talked about this earlier and number four don't waste your life away editing like i mean Emily and I, we've talked about this several times about being yourself. Share those bloopers, share those fun things and just keep doing it because it's so much fun. It's so worth it to share your story.
1: Oh my gosh, I love it. Thanks so much, Crystal, for joining us. Thank you. Hey, 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 I hope you love that interview. I loved what she said about the key to creating binge-worthy content comes from knowing your ICA, knowing what their pain points are, what their desires are, and what they really want to know. So if you're on my email list and I shoot you an email that says, what do you want to learn more about? Please answer it or send me a DM of other podcast topics that would help you out in your journey, whether you're just getting started, you're taking on your first clients, or you're trying to level up into bigger premium packages. I created this podcast as a way to unite us, us unicorns, those of us behind the scenes that don't always dance on Instagram, that no one ever really knows who we are, but we are making the magic happen behind the scenes. We need to unite. We need to stand up for each other. We need to support each other, especially when we're going through ups and downs with our clients and with our own businesses. Being a freelancer, being an entrepreneur is no joke. It's a difficult world. It's not a journey everybody chooses to take. And the fact that you're here, you're listening, you're out there wanting to put your best foot forward, wanting to make money, wanting to change your life. It says everything. Please connect with Crystal over on Instagram at crystalprofitx. Check out her podcast. She talked about both of them, including the one of the lady on the squatty potty. She also had a freebie that she forgot to mention on the show. So I am going to make sure I tell you it is the podcast boot camp. You can learn the ins and outs of podcasting in a few minutes a day over the next five days. She'll break it down into tiny bite-sized pieces that will not be overwhelming. Crystal would be a really good source for you to send your clients who are thinking about starting a podcast, who need the strategy pieces, she can really help you get going. So her crash course into podcasting is over there at crystalprofit.com slash podcast bootcamp. Especially if this is out of your comfort zone a little bit, get your client to set up the strategy right and you can help them move forward, especially when it comes to promotion, execution, and all of that. I'm just so glad I finally got Crystal on the show. It took a whole content series to do it, but it was timed perfectly and well worth the wait. Thanks, Crystal. So could you do me a favor as my single call to action for this podcast? Would you tell a friend about it? Could you tell a friend who's looking for a way out, who's looking for a change, who's looking for a part-time job about this virtual assistant world and this unicorn lady who teaches people how to be marketing assistants? I would absolutely love that. You could also hit subscribe because next week we're talking about more content. We have social media and Instagram reels coming at you hot. And if you want to take a moment to leave me a five-star review, I would also love that. And hey, if you know a podcast I should be a guest on, would you hit me up in the DMs for that too? I would love your insight to what else you're listening to. Now make sure you listen through so you can see the bloopers. I don't know what they're going to pull out of this week, but it's always pretty dang funny. I'll see you next week. If you want to niche down in digital marketing, this is your guide. Just use the link in the show notes or go to emilyreaganpr.com slash services. So I was going to ask you a question based on that and I'm just going to like blank out right now. Oh, okay. So this is, this is it. This is it. We're going to have lots of good bloopers for this one or not. We might not have <laughs> out. I'm just running kidding. just a couple minutes late. Crystal says, hello. How's the mermaid life?